that song we all know and love. Blau und weiß ein Leben lang. Hallo meine Lieben, wie geht's? Willkommen zum Das Einzige Schalke Podcast auf Englisch. That's right, folks. Officially the world's only English Schalke Podcast. I'm your host, Richard Carmen. Thank you for tuning back to our show. Schalke fans are some of the greatest fans in the world, many of whom speak English. This pod aims to bring you the latest from the Royal Blues, talk to the English-speaking fans of the club and get their point of view across, and bring you game highlights. We'll also pick out articles in the club and tell you a little bit about them. I don't do this alone, and joining me on the show is co-host Jack Mangan. Happy New Year, Jack. Happy New Year, Richard. Feels good to be back in the saddle with you. Looking forward to the second half of the season here, the return of the Bundesliga. Yeah, we've been on a little bit of a hiatus, but we're we're back. Just like the Bundesliga's coming back soon, we're back. Uh, let's see. Last time we were on here, uh, we were talking about the DFP Pokal and upcoming draw. And I guess upcoming, uh, we actually got the draw this couple of days ago, and we got Wolfsburg, I believe, right? That is correct. Um, glad we avoided Bayern. Glad we avoided Leverkusen. Um, no easy matches at this stage of the Pokal, but no. uh, I'm not as terrified as I would have been if we had drawn a more difficult opponent. So I think we got a good shot to advance even further and maybe uh, get into a final at some point. Well, maybe we'll have some uh, DFB Cal predictions in our, uh, in our uh, prediction part of the pod later on. So, um, so this is the uh, Henrunda midseason awards and uh, recap podcast. And we're also going to have little predictions, like we just said, uh, for the second half of the season. Um, so before we get into uh, all the awards, I'm going to have a nominee here for uh, best chance, and that goes to Leon Goretzka. All right, so that was Leon Goretzka, and I think that was the best chance so far, him cheering for the uh, Guido Burksteller goal earlier on the season. Um, so let's get on to awards here. Uh, I'm going to go no particular order, so uh, I'm just going to try to save the best for last. Uh, but let's see. Uh, let's go with um, – let's start with who is your comeback player of the year? I think you and I will probably agree on this one. Okay. Uh, my comeback player of the year is, is definitely Max Meyer. Um, as we've talked about at length over recent episodes, uh, Max Meyer was somebody who was a very promising young player for us uh, over the past few seasons, but seemed to kind of plateau, um, possibly even regress to some extent, especially last year under Marcus Weinseel, who didn't seem to think very highly of him, didn't select him as much. Um, it looked like his career had really kind of hit a roadblock, sort of stagnated, um, and he has been reinvented under uh, Tedesco's vision as, as, a, as a holding midfielder rather than um, somebody who's kind of typically in that number 10 role. And he's been, he's been brilliant this season and he's really become a vital member of this side. Um, somebody who our success is, is really linked to how well he's playing to some extent. And um, yeah, he's my comeback player for sure. Yeah, no, I mean, uh, you hit the nail on the head. Uh, that's that's my that's my pick too, Max Meyer. Uh, for every reason that you just said, um, you know, beginning the season we thought we were going to lose Max Meyer not only because his contract was up and he was disgruntled, but also he wasn't really producing much for us. Um, and then Tedesco came in and you know completely re- you know changed his whole uh, his uh, position completely and his uh, demeanor has changed. You know, complete one eighty. 
uh, and he's helping us so much. He's still quite, you rarely hear his name in, uh, nowadays, and that's a good thing because it means he's doing his job. Um, the couple, I think the last game we heard, uh, I think it was, um, it was the Eintracht game, or maybe it was a, it was Eintracht game, uh, where he had a couple mistakes, so we did hear his name there, but, uh, for the most part of the season, he's been, he's been stellar in his new position, and so, uh, it was obviously a no-brainer for both of us, so we picked Max Meyer. Um, so good kudos there. Uh, going from comeback player of the year, let's go to most improved. Uh, this is, uh, you know, we're, we're, we're basically, we're defining these, uh, these awards based on our own our own personal opinions. Um, so, who's your most improved, and uh, why? We might have some agreement on this one as well. Um, I'm going to go with Daniel Caligari. Uh, he is somebody who I didn't think particularly highly of when we signed him in the first place. I don't know if that's my fault for maybe not watching enough of him, but he's a player, obviously, that's been on a lot of people's radars for a while. He's been in the Bundesliga for quite a bit. Um, I was never impressed with him when he played it at Wolfsburg. I didn't think he was particularly great. So when we signed him, it was kind of one of those transfers that was like, you know, all right, this is a a guy who's definitely a competent professional, you know, not a, not a bad person to have on the side, but I didn't expect much. And honestly, I didn't really like a lot of his performances early in the season, but he definitely grew as the season has gone on. And, and by the end of the, the first half, um, he was really one of our more dangerous players going forward. Uh, you know, with his, you know, his long runs up the side, um, kind of getting in behind and, you know, some of his crosses and, um, really setting things up for other people. So he, he's definitely, um, changed my opinion on him over the course of the, uh, the Hinrunda. Yeah. But I feel like a lot of the answers in this podcast are going to be similar answers. Uh, and no, we're not sharing notes. It's just, uh, this, we just think alike. Um, for me, I'm also going to pick Daniel Caligari, uh, I also didn't rate him when we when we initially got him, and then um, when the season started out and he was on that right wing, I wasn't sure what Tedesco was thinking, what what he saw in him. But as the matches went on, I saw that uh, he he provides a lot, like you said, he, he brings in crosses. He has a work rate that you know that you can't you can't uh, deny that it's it's something important for not only for the team, but um, obviously what Tedesco wants is guys who work both on both ends of the ball, both offensively and defensively, and he provides that. But in big games, he's he's been one of the better players in each of those games. Um, he was instrumental in the Dortmund game. Um, same thing with the Eintracht game. He had, yeah. he had a lucky goal against uh, I want to say Mainz. I can't remember who it was. Um, but yeah, no, he's 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 proved consistent, you know, week in week out. And at the beginning of the season, when I thought that that right wing would be a rotation position, he he made it his own. And and I don't think anyone's going to be taking that from him, at least in the, unless he's going to rest or something like that. That's the only way I can see him. Uh, not being on the pitch for that. So, um, yeah, we're both in agreement there. Most improved is uh, Daniel Caligiuri. So kudos to that. Uh, from there, let's go to uh, best creative player. Um, and that can mean anything you want. Uh, so um, what did you take from the, the category best creative award and, and then what led you to your selection and then why why are they there? I'm going to go with uh, another new man, Amin Harry here. Uh somebody who is just plain dangerous and, and um, finds ways to open opportunities uh, in, I guess in somewhat non-standard ways, you know, as opposed to something like we just talked about Calgary, just kind of running, bombing down the side and then playing it across something like that. Um, Harit with his dribbling, sometimes, uh, you know, dribbling out of a double team or doing something and opening up a lot of space and then, you know, pulling additional defenders to him. Uh, he plays, you know, some clever passes as well. Um, I've been really impressed with him. He's definitely an X factor. 
um, going forward for us. So he's my creative player. <laughs> and as you can guess, that is my that is my most creative player. Three um, for three. Three for three, yeah. I mean, if it, was, if it wasn't for him, it would be Kona Plyanka for me because there wasn't really only two really creative players in the, on the pitch. I mean, other than Goretzka, but Goretzka has been in and out. Um, uh, so Kona Plyanka is a good shout. But Amin Harid, like you said, is the X factor. Um, his dribbling, his vision, his passing, um, and now he's hopefully he's starting to get his goal-scoring touch. And that is a, that is a key for him, him being just a, a good player to him being a – standout top player in the Bundesliga is his scoring ability. Once he can get that down, yeah. uh, he will be near and unstoppable. Um, but for now, he's just a really good chocolate player. And uh, the games, when he comes on, it it, it changes games, changes momentum. You see what, we saw what happened in the Dortmund game. Uh, and uh, throughout the season, whether he got a start or came off as a sub, instant impact. Um, at times, he was our only, uh, only guy creating anything on, on the pitch. Um, and And he did, like, Sometimes it's not what he does on the ball. Sometimes it's what he does off the ball. Uh, in that Dortmund game, he went off injured, and this coming back on the pitch was enough that uh, we had an, still had an advantage numerically, and and that pushed us forward to get the uh, third and fourth goals in the in that game. So, um, I mean, Harry definitely is uh, most creative for me, and obviously for you. So we're three for three. Let's see if we can get some uh, change on this. Let's go to super sub. Um, this is this is easy easy choice in the sense that. Someone coming off the bench and who's been uh, doing very well. So who'd you pick? I'm split here. Um, I am going to give it to Brill and Bolo, actually. Um, <laughs> please tell me that's not who you picked. It is. <laughs> okay. Well, I mean, so he's working his way back from fitness. I think this is somebody who ultimately would be in the starting lineup. And so he gets put in the super sub role just kind of um, – by circumstance, you know, he isn't maybe 100% match fit. They're trying to work him back in, but he's looked really good when he has gotten in there um, with some late cameos. Uh, just immediately looks dangerous. And uh, oftentimes when he comes on um, in, in place of DeSanto or somebody, it gives us an immediate boost. Um, I'll say this then, uh, just to, just because you're going to do him bolo, I'll give a shout out to McKenney. Um, he's okay, got some, he's one. got some starts as well, but yeah. he's been rotated in the midfield and, um, I think sometimes, especially when he comes on late in the game, uh, fresh legs, he just becomes, you know, a dominant force in, in the midfield kind of takes, so it takes up a lot of space. Um, and somebody who, uh, has, I think an underrated offensive mind as well, obviously hasn't scored yet for Schalke. Uh, we're looking forward to that happening in the second half of the season, but, um, somebody who gets into dangerous positions a lot and it definitely looks like he's contributing to, uh, Schalke's attack. Yeah, no, that's definitely a good shout. Speaking of McKinney, did you hear that uh, in the, during the Spain friendlies, uh, Tedesco's put him back at center back? Because he's like, you know, I like this guy being on the pitch. He's good in the air. I want him on the pitch somehow. And if, you know, if there's a healthy Goretzka there, you know, he just, you know he's going to be on the bench. So I want him on the pitch. So he's been playing center back. He played center back against uh, Ghent, I guess it was, or whoever whoever they played recently. I missed that, but that's highly yeah. intriguing. So, but I didn't get to see who he played with. So... I'm curious if it was him, Naldo, and Nastasic. Well, I would or... imagine he's probably doing that to give Naldo some rest, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Because um, it's the other guys who have kind of been rotated more in and out of the course of the season so far than, than Naldo, you know. Nastasic has had some injury trouble, and then there's been that sort of ongoing um, battle between Tilo Kerr and Stambouli for, for a position. So, that, I don't know. That's that's uh, something we'll definitely have to keep an eye on. That's Yeah, yeah according to Desco, to, to, to Desco uh, excuse me, he said that uh, – 
Yeah, he's been thinking about it all season long and finally thought in the friendlies yeah, during this, uh, the, the break here, he'd give it a try. So, um, I gotta keep, we gotta keep an eye on this and see how it turns out because, uh, this could be interesting. Nothing that I would have saw coming, uh, at the start of the season for sure. Well, maybe if he goes into center back, he'll actually start scoring more, more goals because, uh, Naldo's had some Naldo's. success from that position <laughs> this season so far. Naldo's like our second leading scorer. There you go. Like, <laughs> well, that would work. I mean, that's one way to get going on the score sheet. Um, so yeah, and like as as we just said, you know, my super sub is Brielle and Bolo, and for, you know, he he when he's fully fit, I fully expect him to be in the lineup or you know, constantly you know in and in and out. But um, depending on how how Kenoplianka plays and whoever and Harit works, he's gonna be pitching on the pitch. Uh, but when Ambolo's come on, uh, he's got like you said, you know, a couple of minutes here and there. He did get a couple of starts early on in the season, but obviously he wasn't ready for that. Um, he when he's come on he's done really well. Um, he's he's obviously not ready there yet, you know, from a fit standpoint uh, to play a whole ninety. But uh, he's enough to play, you know, ten, twenty, thirty minutes. And uh, when he's on there, he's 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 attacking the defense. He's uh he's making things happen. And he finally got a goal um, uh, late in late in the, in the runda. So yeah, that was um, big. It was big for sure. I mean, that, that's got to be confidence for him and. Uh, Unfortunately, it was it was right before the break, and it wasn't the first game out of the break, you know, because that would be a little bit better. He's got to think about it more, but, hey, maybe it'll make him more hungry, right? Yeah. Here's one more shout, just for the purposes of differentiation. I'll give a shout to uh, Shuff as well. Oh, yeah. Um, and that's really only the last couple games, very, very late in, in, in the uh, the Hinderinda, but he, he as well has, has had some good performances working his way back into the side. To him, though, wasn't he injured, too? So that, that's... Uh, it's his way of, I guess, getting back into the game, I yeah, guess. Yeah, it might have been. Yeah, so, no, that's, that's definitely a good shout. So, um, the only one, I mean, the only person who needs some work, who needs to be hopefully on the next most improved list, that'll be Fabian Riza, because, uh, he's been on, but he hasn't done much when he's, when he's got the opportunity. So, hopefully, he'll I, make I heard more something about him going on loan, potentially. Oh. I don't know if that's true, but especially with, uh, the signings that we've had, and we can get into that later, maybe. We but, will, yeah. Yeah. But no, no, yeah, if that if that happens, hey, hopefully it's somewhere where he'll get consistent pitch time and, and get a chance Definitely. to improve there, you know? Yeah. All right, let's go to biggest surprise. I don't really want to repeat, but I might have to do Caligari as well, just because I like like I said, I for for whatever reason, I just wasn't expecting a whole lot of him. And he really changed my opinion uh later in the season is and has become you know kind of an integral part of you know the, the lineup and i think he has a good chance of holding on to a majority of those minutes in the second half of the season so i've been surprised and pleasantly pleasantly so by by his play so far yeah um i was split on this this wasn't one of the ones i was a definite on um at first i almost went with weston mckinney just because um, I didn't expect him to get as much pitch time as he has this season. Sure, you know, injuries to Bentaleb and Goretzka helped in that, that he got to see more time, but, um, he's, he's done so well when he's had the opportunities. Uh, but who I'm going to go with actually is the manager, Domenico Tedesco. Um, you know, we read, we read, we, we knew all the stuff about him from Eisenberg Au and, you know, being at Stuttgart and, and Hoffenheim on the U19s and U17s and whatnot. Uh, but we've never seen him in the top flight league. How would he, how would he fare? Could he match what, uh, Julian Negosman did last year? Uh, we had, it was so many unknowns and chances are was 
it was greater that it was going to be something like a Weinzierl than it would be to a Nagelsmann, just based on how things have gone for us in the last, you know, seven years. Uh, but what has come out is that he is everything that we read about him uh, tactically, his uh, uh, bonding with the players, his flexibility, um, his finding different ways to get an edge on the opponent. Um, I'm just ecstatic with what this guy's brought to the team. Um, like I said, he's brought – he started out the season fantastic defensively. Uh, in the last last month or so, we've been leaking in goals, but we've been still getting results. Uh, but he's brought a sureness back to the defense. Um, he's got a, a sound tactical plan that he's trying to implement in his games. He just needs guys to be more healthy. Um, if we had Goretzka in there all season long, we might have more wins. Who knows? Um, so hopefully when we with him back, hopefully him on the team, um, we'll be able to uh, get more Ws in the second half. Uh, but for me, Dominico Tedesco, that's that's my biggest surprise because I did not expect that to be, go as well as we are. Or in second place. Come on, guys. Who expected to be in second place at the, at, after the Hinderunda? Yeah, if we're going to bring the coach into the equation, then then absolutely. Um, you know, as I've talked about before, I, I really thought Schalke might be getting too cute with that hire, um, trying to replicate the success of Nagelsmann, which to right. me seemed like a very unlikely thing uh, to have happen. Um, it's not that often that you – First of all, even have a coach that young, and then secondly, that uh, they end up being as competent as they as Nagelsmann was. Um, so yeah, I, I was not expecting a whole lot, and definitely proven wrong. Straight up to second place in the table, um, as you said, uh, you know about the defensive thing, some of the positional changes he's made. Max Meyer, we mentioned earlier, um, you know, just the, the team. Much more defined style of play, um, more organized, and it's really you know paying dividends for us in, in the first half so far. No, that's uh, it's it's absolutely true, and uh, I'm curious now that we get he has to see some of these same teams again for a second time. How does he react both to the games that he's won and did well, and also to the games he didn't do so well? So games like against RB Leipzig we have coming up, and then games again that we won in the first first go around, and then. Games against Byron, Byron, who uh, we lost, obviously, too. So um, it's very curious to see how the second half will shape up. All right, from there, let's get to some of the uh, the better awards here. Um, let's go with best performance. And you can take it however you want to mean it. But what did you take from the award, and who, who, who do you have, and why, why are they there? You mentioned this earlier. I am going to go with... Harit's performance in Derby against Dortmund. Okay. Um, that was, in my opinion, a very important performance and a very gutsy performance. Um, he gets he gets that injury, and it's a pretty bad one too. He gets taken down, his socks cut up, he's bleeding from the back of his calf. He's on the ground in significant pain, um, and he's down for a few minutes. Certainly not a situation where you think he's faking it or anything like that. He ends up getting, I think, he was stretchered off. Um, as opposed to going under his own power. I don't quite remember, but he was off the field for a while. And that was a very crucial moment in the match because shortly before that, um, Aubameyang had been sent off for a second yellow, um, a really stupid foul on his part. And that gave us a man advantage as we were trying to make this comeback happen. And so we had lost that man advantage when when Harit went down. Um, and I was, you know, watching that game, I was like, ah, oh, you know, go figure. We, we lose this advantage right as we pick it up. But, um, and I was not expecting to see him again at all the rest of the game, but he found a way to battle through it, came back out. And even if he wasn't, you know, crazy effective in that, you know, in that final 10, 15 minute span, whatever it was, 
Um, just having that extra body out there to stretch the defense a little bit, provide an outlet for another pass, I think was huge. Um, and to me, that was a big performance in the first half. No, I mean, I, cu- I couldn't agree more there. That's not my choice, but um, no, what, what he what he did in that game, uh, he almost single-handedly beat us, beat, you know, brought us back from the dead. Um, obviously, when him and Gretz came in, it just changed everything. Yeah. Had the goal uh, in there as well. And he had his first his yeah. first goal was in the derby. I mean, how how awesome is that? Yeah. Um, and he and he pretty much picked up after that game. He got better and better after each of those games. As good as we thought he was playing before, um, that kind of seemed, that goal seemed to give him confidence, um, and it led to some beautiful plays throughout the rest of the season. He he kind of took that creative leadership role after that game. I think it almost seems like in every other game he seemed to, to want to go one on one more and more against these uh, against the opponents. So. Um, and that's the derby for you. It'll give you confidence, and it'll, it'll eat your confidence too. So, um, well, we can ask Peter Peter Bosch about that, right? <laughs> um, my best performance. Um, so, I, I you know, in the same in the same vein as you, I took it as the the best performance in the game. I took it as the best performance in the game that I saw throughout the season by an individual um, player. You mean by an individual player? Okay. I'm going to stick with the with the Dortmund game. Um, but I'm going to go with Daniel Calagiri. Okay. Um, he was, uh, he had that big third goal in the game where he, great goal. He, yeah. He broke Zagadou's ankles twice, um, each ankle, I guess, and then it scored that <laughs> beautiful goal. But he had the most shots in that game out of, out of anyone for Shockwell. He had five shots. He had the most tackles out of anyone. He had six. Uh, he had the most dribbles against, a, a, you know, anyone. And that was, you know, that was five plus that goal. Um, he was a consistent, Thorn the side of everyone on uh, Dortmund, um, and I just thought that performance he did was his best performance uh, of the season for sure. And he, he had, had good result, good performances all season, but I thought that was that was an epic performance by him, and it, it helped along with the rest of the guys to get that get that big result in Dortmund. So there you go, the analytical stats driven apo- approach from Richard, and the uh, you know the tugging of the heartstrings emotional outlook from me. I've taken okay. the Tedesco effect, right? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so let's, since we're talking about Dortmund, I'm curious if your goal comes from there or not. Um, let's go to best goal. The obvious choice is, you know, one of the yes. Naldo game tying, game winning goals. Yeah. Uh, what was your choice? Who was it against and who's, who's the goal scorer? Yeah. So the way I approached this was rather than choosing, you know, the most memorable goal, in which case, Naldo might be up there a couple different times, obviously yeah, yeah. for the uh, the Dortmund game, but then uh, his also his late winner against Frankfurt, um, or even maybe like you know, if you were going from that angle, maybe like Kanapliyanka finishing off Leipzig first game of yeah, the season, really kind of yeah. setting the tone, kind of a shock result against a really good club. Um, but the way I kind of approached it was the goal that kind of caught my eye the most, the one that looks the most difficult. There was kind of like, you know, the most we just absolutely destroyed the defense. Really impressive, you know, okay. goal. High high level difficulty or I don't know, just um really silky play. Um <laughs> I was tempted to go with Max Myers header in the in the in the Pokal against Cologne. Okay. But okay. I'm not convinced a hundred percent that that was an intentional <laughs> shot as opposed to just sort of a general directional idea with that flipped on header. If you ask um, him, he'll tell you it was intentional. <laughs> yeah. And if it was, then maybe that's the winner. Um, yeah, I have a couple that I'm trying to choose from, from here. I think what I am going to go with is there's a goal against Hamburg where oh. Caliguri picked up the ball kind of in the midfield 
um, made a nice run, beat a couple players up the right side of the pitch, cuts it back to Konoplyanka, and then Konoplyanka uh, yes. cuts it across to Bergstahler, who is wide open. And Bergstahler basically just like passes it into the net yeah, because yes. they had completely taken the defense and the goalkeeper out of the play at that point. Um, and that was a really – that was a great goal to see, particularly because as we've talked about ad nauseum on this podcast, in my opinion, Schalke does not do a good enough job – of breaking down teams from open play. Yes. A lot of our goals come from set pieces, dead ball situations, um, you know, penalties, corners, uh, free kicks, um, th- th- that kind of thing. And this was a, you know, in my opinion, a rare team goal where, you know, off the ball movement and a couple quick passes and we just knife open, you know, the defense and um, are able to put something away. And that's something I'd like to see more of in the second half of the season. And it was impressive when we did it in the first half of the season, and that's why that's going to be uh, my goal of the first half. Yeah, no, that's true. I try to stay away from the set-piece goals because, one, we're so good at it, but it's it's it, that would pull more pull on my heartstrings than anything. I like those goals to come from open play, that goal you just mentioned. Um, another one that I thought about the choosing was also the one from RB Leipzig where, I mean, Harry with a great pass, going to Bianca on the yeah. breakaway and get the goal. Um Another one that I was thinking about was um, uh, oh, it was the play between uh, Goretzka and Bergstaller, and I forget who it was against. Uh, but Bergstaller made a nice little tap pass, and then Goretzka chipped the goalkeeper for the goal. Yeah, it was against Mainz. Uh, no, nah, Mainz, yes. So those were all in contention for me. But the goal that did it for me um, was against Augsburg. And it was actually the guy we just talked about, Amin Harit. Um, he kind of gained confidence after that Dortmund game. And you saw in that game against Augsburg, Really going after the defense, taking on players one on one, and so this goal, he uh, he's on the right, right near the right corner, and does like a spin move around the defender. How dare try- you! How dare you pick this goal? <laughs> he I did it just for you. No, he, he, he crossed it in, and DeSanto with the back heel no. flick into the goal. <laughs> it was a beautiful goal, despite being DeSanto getting the goal. That was a beautiful play by Harit mostly, <laughs> and, then, and then the cheeky finish by DeSanto. I had to do it. No, it, was good, it. it was a good goal. It was a good goal. <laughs> it's a rare, rare goal by DeSanto, but it was a more the brilliant move by by I mean Hari to yeah. just completely fake out the defender and then get a pass across the crease uh, to wide open DeSanto, who did you know he did a phenomenal job of finishing it off. So that was a good team team goal for me. But um, yeah, anytime we score from open play, it usually was a good team goal. Uh, we need to see more of that. I agree with you 100. <laughs> percent so now that we got the DeSanto bug out yeah, of the way. Yeah, the collector's item, the Franco DeSanto <laughs> goal, right? <laughs> Limited right. edition. Uh, so from there, let's go with um, best match. Uh, come on. That's easy. You I, can I mean, mean, come on. We're, we're both picking the Derby, are we not? I'm not. I'm not picking Really? Because it, it's taking on my heartstrings, and the fact that we gave a four goal, that's why I didn't pick it. Okay, okay. Um, I'm trying to think of what, what you might be picking then. Okay. I'm trying to think. That's interesting. Um, you picking Gladbach? I, I can tell you what I'm picking. Okay. Well, yeah, I'm going to go with the, the Derby, uh, the obvious pick. Um, but I mean, just if that was a game against anybody else, it still might have been the game of the season, in my opinion. But oh, yeah, four because, goals. yeah, because of the context. Um, against our biggest rival, one of the biggest rivalry matches in European football for sure. At their um, house. At their house. And, and in the manner in which that draw, you know, came came to pass, obviously. Um, Dortmund up 4-0 at halftime. Um, just an absolute, 
you know, runaway freight train of a performance from them in the first half. Everything possible going wrong for Schalke. Um, and then to, to score four goals and come back and, you know, win it on that dramatic Naldo stoppage time header. Um, one of the greatest games I've seen just in general. Certainly the greatest, uh, you know, Schalke Dortmund derby that I've seen personally. Um, you know, and I think something that's going to be talked about. Not just as a highlight from this season, but I think it's a game that people are going to talk yeah. about for years oh, to yeah. come. And that call that uh, on the Naldo goal was one of the best calls you'll ever hear, too. Yeah. Uh, so, um, no, nah, that's a, that's a, I, I wanted to pick that one, but I thought I figured you were going to pick that. So I wanted sure. to go something a little different. I'm going to go with the game that started this whole thing. Uh, it was a okay. game against RP Leipzig. Yeah. A 2 nothing game. Um, you know, going to that game, we know RB Leipzig, they finished second the year before. We knew they were going to be tough this year. Um, I fully expected them to dominate the game and, and, and beat us. Uh, the fact that we got that early goal with the penalty kick through Bentaleb, but then that goal that sprung, that, I mean, Harit sprung, uh, Konoplyanka, um, and he got that goal that, that sealed the game there. It sealed, uh, our hopes and dreams that we thought, you know, the season started off to a flying start. It started everything, in my opinion. So uh, that game against RB Leipzig, it just did a great, it, it, it set us in motion to where we are right now. Um, and like I said, we're in second place right now. And I think a lot of that came to how that, how the season started. And we started so well. I don't know if the rest of the season would have chain reacted the way it did had we lost that game. So that's why I picked RB Leipzig for me. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's a good shout for sure. But, you um, know, and, and definitely maybe the not, drama game. Maybe not the greatest form early in the season no, for Leipzig. No. But, um, you know, you talk about, you talk about Tedesco being a surprise. That was a game for me, um, you know, right off the bat where I was like, Okay, Schalke is extremely well organized, first yes. of all, against an opponent that is very dangerous. Um, there looks like there's a game plan here to, to take things away from Leipzig. Um, and it was really, I mean, we just outplayed them in every sense, but it was also the way we set up against them and kind of, the, you know, the approach we had. And, you know, so right off the bat, I was very impressed with Tedesco and kind of had, you know, um, some of my doubts allayed immediately. Yeah, and, it, and I think, I don't know if it was Tedesco who said it after the game or someone else, but they said that they, they spotted the weakness in the 18-year-old Open Meccano, and they kept going at him. That's, an, that's the guy who drew the foul in the penalty area that led to the Bentaleb goal. So that kind of started it all. So that you see that they did have a game plan. They had some tactics that they were trying to implement in that game, what they saw preseason the year before. Um, so that when I saw that, I was like, okay, this uh, this is this manager could be for real. This team could be for real this season. Yeah, we can make some noise, and uh, they did. They're making a lot more noise than I thought we were going to make. But um, yeah, now that I think that that, that was a catalyst for it. But obviously, the Dortmund game is obviously the game of the season when you talk about it. It probably any of the games for any team uh, this year. Maybe not for Dortmund, but um, <laughs> so okay. So those are good shots for um, best match. Let's get to the. Uh, the big one as far as awards for individual awards, best player. Um, how did, who did you pick? I, I was going to go with obviously with stats, but then I decided to not go with that. Okay. I kind of was like MVP. I, and maybe, maybe we'll agree on this again. I don't maybe. know. Um, I'm going with Naldo. Oh, um, picked him up on a free transfer. He is an old player. <laughs> An experienced player and someone who's had a... a He's younger than me. That's sad. Okay. Yeah, yeah, but you know, (laughs) no offense offense to you. Um, You know, it has had a a very good career, but um, somebody that... Losing Hovedes for me was was a big deal. Yes. And I wasn't sold 
that Naldo was going to be able to step in and um, kind of control things back there. And I was very wrong. I think defensively, he's had a rock solid year so far. Um, <laughs> not the fastest and sometimes gets into trouble when he's, you know, tracking <laughs> back, but um, in and around the box, uh, you know, excellent positionally, obviously great defensively in the air on set pieces or on crosses. Um, but then it's just come up big in so many moments. He's one of our leading scorers. I think he's maybe fourth on our goal scoring charts. I know, it's crazy. Um, you know, uh, and, and two of those goals that he's had, and he's had more than that, but, you know, two of those obviously uh, to get the draw against Dortmund and then to get the draw again against uh, Frankfurt. Yeah. You know, the side footer uh, outside the box also in stoppage time. So he's he's a player that has, um, I think, led by example and put in some great performances and has come up clutch when his team needed him. Uh, so he is going to be my player. No, that's a that's a that's a that's a great shout. Um, yeah, he uh, his performance is alone, and like I mean, I kind of you and Javi just left in my head. I was thinking, please don't start Naldo. He's too old, too slow. He, he's not going to get the job done. And I'm I've been dead wrong, dead wrong about him. He's been one of our best players. He's been our most clutch player for sure. We should have had a best clutch, best clutch category because that's obviously going to be now though. Yeah. Um, but I went, I went a different direction. Um, I went my, my honorable mention first would be Guido Bergseller, just on stats alone: seven goals, three assists, and assists. He had eleven starts and five appearances off the bench. Um, so he he's been our best goal scorer. Um, but I decided to go with someone who I thought impacted the game the most, in my opinion. Um, if Goretzka had been it the whole season, it'd probably be him, but. Um, I'm actually going to go with Amin Harit. Okay. Uh, he only had two goals and two assists, but like I said, his impacts in the game that he's played in um, have been so instrumental. And, and as the season has gone on, his impacts have been more more outstanding, more jumping off the page of you than uh, each and every game. Um, it seems he seems to be thriving in the, in the creative role and trying to take over games, being a creative spark for the team. So I, I picked I picked him. As my best player, MVP. yeah, and even if he's not, um, you know, scoring goals or being directly involved with them via assists, he, he's huge in transitional play. Yes, on counters and everything, advancing the ball, his dribbling fouls. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, definitely drawing. He might be the leader. I think in, so. I don't. I don't have any stats. I should look into that. But I wouldn't be surprised if he was either in drawn penalty because I think Schalke has the most penalties in the in the league. Um, he's probably, probably between him and Leon Bailey, probably the two most fouled guys. Yeah, in the that's league. a good call. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's a good shot. I like that. And I'm going to give, um, one more to somebody who is not flashy, um, and hasn't surprised me and hasn't necessarily improved. Um, so you're, I mean, so it's kind of like, why am I picking him? I'm going to give a shout out to Ochipka. Okay. Who is just, you know, an unsung hero, not a flashy player under the radar, game in, game out, works his ass off. Um, and I think is important to the attack in ways that people don't know. I think he has some of our highest totals of key passes yeah, and, and yeah. key crosses out there. He gets forward, um, you know, and he's just, just dependable, just plain dependable. And that's something that I think can be taken for granted at times. So I'm just going to give a shout out to him as well. Wasn't our Big first signing. free kick goal off of his uh, pass from him into, a, I don't know if it was Donaldo or someone, but I think he had one of the first assists off the free kicks. This Might have been, yeah. Um, yeah, and another good one is Ralph Fairman. Obviously, he's been Mr. Steady back there, our captain. Um, you know, every week, week, week in, week out, inspiring the team, coming up with big saves. Um, uh, you know, he's, he's, he's done everything we thought he would do this season. Uh, 
He's been a, he's been a good leader for Forever us. Forever underrated, in my Forever. opinion. Forever. Yeah, Maybe not within the Bundesliga, but in terms of, I think, the collective European football consciousness. Yeah. If that's a thing. <laughs> um, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I just think if you polled a lot of fans of, you know, any of, you know, the five major leagues or whatever league, um, and you said, you know, name me 20 goalkeepers. I don't know if anyone would name Fairman, and I think no. there are times where he would deserve to be on that list. He's easily top 15 for me, easily top 15. He would start for most national teams. It's just that Germany oh, yeah. has such a stable of goalkeepers that There's, you know he yeah. hasn't gotten an opportunity. It's unfortunate for him, but, I mean, he's, he's a great player. Uh, I agree. I agree 100%. All right, so those are the, all the awards. Any other awards you want to nominate, or are you good with those? Uh, best English Language Shackle Podcast. Oh, that's tough. I don't know. That is tough. So many to choose from. It's it's a very saturated market, isn't it? Yeah, I was gonna have to go with us as the homer call. Barely, barely over no one. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, All right. So the one, the one, one obvious one left is uh, best eleven. I feel we're gonna have the exact same one. Um, Not DeSanto. Exactly. Exactly. So I think we're. I'm pretty sure we're in agreement. Um, Do you want to do the honors then? Sure. I tweeted out, um, I tweeted this out ahead of when we started recording. I don't know if you agree with it 100% or not. Um, if you do, feel free to chime in and confirm that. But, I do. um, okay. So, yeah. So what I went with here is, uh, kind of what I thought was the best version of something that we've seen at some point. Um, not necessarily like what I think our optimal lineup would be. Cause in that case, you know, maybe, uh, Impolo is in there. Um, you know, maybe yeah. Goretzka's in there because he's been hurt sometimes. You know, whatever. Um, so what I went with was three at the back, Nastasic, um on the left, and all those central Carer on the right um, over Stan Bouley, who's been there quite a bit. I went with Carer. Uh, yep. I think he's a more dynamic player and isn't significantly worse in terms of um, reliability at the back, but I think he gives you more going forward. Um, obviously, Fairman and goal. Uh, and then Ochipka. Out wide left, Meyer, um, central, Goretzka central as well, Caliguri out right, um, and then sort of advanced, I have uh, kind of Plyanka, um, you know, far top left, Bergstaller central, and I mean, Harit out far top right. That is the starting 11 that I picked for us. That is the exact lineup that I had as well for the same reasons. I actually think. Tilo Carrier started the season really doing really well defensively. He was uh, shutting down guys, uh, even from that first game. Um, but uh, he uh, his defensive game has maybe gone a little downward as the season progressed. But he's yeah. still he's still very instrumental, and he he's an upgrade from what Stambouli gives you. Um, yes, Stambouli had a couple great assists in the Dortmund game, but um, I think Kira brings more. Like you said, he's more dynamic. Um, and, and you know, Stambouli has had a defensive lapse right around the same time Kara has as well. Yes. So it's hard to kind of like you know ding Kara for that when his performances in that regard are being mirrored by Stambouli. But go ahead, right? No, yeah, I know, I, absolutely. And the midfield was a no-brainer. I think if Leon Goretzka is healthy, he's going to be in, in yeah. any starting lineup, especially ours. Sorry, um, Weston. Yeah, Weston's a good a good sub. He's the first sub maybe coming off there, um, unless you're down a goal and you come in Brielle and Blow or something, but. Um, Max Meyer, what he's done defensively in a new position. I don't know if you want to call it Regista or what, what position you want to call it, but, um, that Bastian Schweinsteiger role. Uh, he's excelled in it, man. And, uh, yeah. he's taken, he's taken in run with it. 
Um, hopefully, this you know he sees the, what the team's doing and he wants to stay with the team and Goretzka. Hopefully, too. We've heard rumors. We're not gonna until anything's official. We're not seeing anything. Um, but uh, Achipka and Kalajiri on the wings is a no-brainer for me. And then obviously, Harit and Konklianka, they're really two creative players we have, the two best creative players we have up there with Guido Burksteller, who's been banging in goals ever since we got him from Nuremberg. Um, that's the that's the 11 I see, and I don't know if there's anyone better. If, you're, if you think there's a better one out there betting certain 11 than what we have, if you want to include DeSanto, um, <laughs> shoot us a tweet at SO4 on the podcast. If, if you want to include DeSanto, don't tweet us. Delete your Twitter account and go <laughs> contemplate your life. <laughs> um, yeah, oh. yeah, dude. But kind of Planko, man. He's like, he is, he is dangerous. I wouldn't know. If, I wouldn't call him creative necessarily, just because he only has one move, and that's cutting inside. He's literally like the mirror image of Robin from the opposite side of the pitch. Um, all he does is cut right, box, but um, he does it, it works, well. It works. Yeah, it does. Yeah, it does. For sure. He's been. Yeah, he's been really good. So that wraps up our Hinlunda Awards. T- tell us what you thought. Did you guys have any other decisions on, as far as uh, the, the award categories that we had? Let us know at SO4 underscore podcast on Twitter. Really quickly, I think the other interesting thing to see will be how this lineup changes when we talk about this at the end of the season. Um, yeah. Whether in Bolo's, we'll in come back there. to this. We'll come back to this podcast yeah, and definitely. see how it comes out. You know, whether whether like one of the newcomers has popped in there. You know, um, some of our winter business guys, or maybe we have Weston McKenney at center back. Apparently, what? at the end of this season, who knows? We'll see. But that'll be well, that'll be fun to come back to. Well, since you talked about new guys, let's get into the new signings. Um, which one do you want to start off with? We got three confirmed that I saw, um, and they're all in the attacking sense, uh, unless you saw someone else in the last day or so. Um, but that's the three that I saw was uh, uh, Tuker from Nuremberg, Piazza from uh, Juventus, and um, Uth from Hoffenheim. So is that how you pronounce that, by the way, Piazza? Yes. Interesting. Yes. Okay, well, I'm glad you said that before I did that because I would have butchered it. Um, How would you say Pajaka? I, I have no idea. I'm just gonna call him uh, my man Marco. How about that? Yeah, um, yeah. yeah, no, yeah. I, I watched on a Italian, uh, and I actually saw when he was in Croatia too. So yeah, I already, I already got a, a head start on how to call it. What, what yeah, to call him. I'll start with uh, my man Cedric though. Um, okay. And to start, I'm gonna go back to this year, this time last year when. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, desperate for some attacking help due to just a slew of injuries. Obviously, Mbolo going down um, right as he was getting started. Huntelar was injured. Um, Chupa Moteng was injured. Franco DeSanto was injured. Uh, we pretty much had no one up top. Um, we picked up Guido Bergstaller from Nuremberg. Um, this was a signing, from what I could tell, at least in my you know Twitter sphere bubble, um, and from some of the articles I was reading, was kind of criticized by a lot of people. People saying, um, you know, this is not the signing that Schalke should be shooting for if they have European aspirations. Like, this is beneath them, right? They need to be going after bigger names, more established players, better players, that kind of thing. And so they thought that, you know, a signing from a second division team was, you know, not, not basically not the answer. Berkstaller proved them wrong, had a 
tremendous rook runda. He might have been our leading scorer in the rook runda, probably was. Um, and that has continued so far throughout the first half. And so now, um, trying to replicate that magic, we go back to Nuremberg and we pick up <laughs> Cedric Toigert. Um, and obviously not a player that I am particularly familiar with until we heard the Transformers. I can't claim that I follow the Spider Bundesliga all that closely. Um, maybe that's something I should start doing, but I do. And I still didn't know who he was. Okay. Well, there you go. <laughs> I don't feel as bad about it then, but, um, I've had a chance to watch some footage of him. Seems in some ways kind of a similar player to Bergstaller. Um, definitely mobile kind of gets around, tries to pop up in different areas. Um, I think maybe he might compliment Bergstaller. Well, if they play alongside each other at some point, we'll see. Um, but yeah, he's, he's a player that I'm, I'm excited to see. Um, you know, it worked out before. Let's see if we can, you know, lightning will strike twice and, we definitely need some help up front, um, for sure. Uh, you know, obviously, we don't need to talk about Franco DeSanto, but, you know, as good as Bergstaller is, he is not a player, in my opinion, who's going to be getting you, you know, 20, 25 goals a season. I think Berg- though we may ha- though we may have signed that guy uh, this summer. Anyway, we'll, go, we'll get to yeah. that when we get to him. For sure, yeah, we'll get to him. But I, you know, I like Bergstaller. I think he's a good player. I think he's been a great pickup but I don't think he is kind of a one-man wrecking crew up there. And I think he needs to have somebody alongside him or that you can rotate in who can get some goals as well. That person is not Franco DeSanto, at least hasn't been so far, who's on pace for four goals this season, right? So maybe this is the guy, (laughs) and I'm I'm excited to see what he has to to offer the club. Yeah, Bergstaller seems like, I mean, if he stays with the team, he could be one of those heart and soul guys that becomes an icon in that sense because – uh, he's not going to do it. He's not the, he's not Huntelar. He's not going to get you 25, 30 goals. Yeah. Uh, but he's going to put his, he's going to give his all every game and he's going to, he'll be, he'll be there when you need him, but he's not going to get the consistent goals for you. He's not that wrecking ball, like you said. Uh, but, uh, he's definitely a good player. And if, if Tukart is anything like, uh, scores as much as, uh, Berksaller does, then we got, we got a gold mine. If that's the case, we need to sign Nuremberg to, uh, an affiliate clause or something. So we keep taking our players. <laughs> right. Be two for two, and that's. Yeah, I mean, so. I f- I feel bad for them, at, at, you know, because Schalke loses players right and left all the time, and so we certainly know what it feels like. So I apologize right. that every time they get a competent striker, we're stealing it from them. But we'll see. Hey, yeah, uh, that's that's football, right? Everyone yeah. takes from everybody, I guess. Um, so the next player we're gonna go with is gonna go actually with a guy who scored in his debut during the friendlies. Yeah, and that is Marco Piazza from Juventus. Um, it's a loan deal. They're gonna be staying here for till the till the end till the summertime. Um, it's a good pickup, I think. Um, he's a creative attacking midfielder who obviously can score because he did in his opening opening game uh, playing with him. Um, he's gonna bring uh, another option forward. It's gonna be interesting with these three guys we, we're getting. Well, at least with the two guys for this this uh, the rook run the um, how Hidesco implements them in the in the uh, in the formation that's doing so well right now. Uh, but Piazza is definitely a spark spark plug, I guess. Um, he has a lot to offer the team, I think. And uh, he was he was an up and coming guy with Croatia, I believe it was Croatia. And uh, during the Euro Championships, uh, it drew a lot of attention. Finally, a big club like Juventus snagged him up, and he's not getting much pitch time there because they got a bunch of world class players over there. So um, a low move for him um, to Schalke is great because we need the help, obviously, because like you said, Bruxelles can't do it alone. Complianca and I mean, Harit can't do it alone. They need some rest sometimes. Sometimes they don't play well, so you need to bring someone in to inject a little, you know, life into them. And I think Piazza is going to be a good, good player to do that. Yeah, you know, a, a young player who was pretty hyped up had that injury, I think, right? 
um, yeah. the ACL that really kind of set him back. And so he hasn't gotten the playing time, obviously, because he's been recovering from that. And, um, you know, coming to Schalke to probably get some matches and, and, and kind of get back into the swing of things. But a player that um, a lot of people were excited about. Um, he had a very good stretch at uh, Dinamo Zagreb um, in the Croatian League um, before moving to Juve um, for a nice fee. Um, and uh, yeah, I think the I, I'm I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, I think we need more depth. More depth is also good. But I think one of the interesting things talking about the attacking help that we need up front. Um, somebody who, in my opinion, has been played slightly out of position has been in Bolo, right? Because he's right. been played more kind of out on the wing, and getting depth at a wing position could allow Mbolo to be featured back up top in what I think a lot of people consider to be his best position. Yes, um, hopefully. And, yeah, I'd much rather see you know Bergstaller next to Mbolo than Bergstaller next to DeSanto, and then you know still have somebody competent out wide. So I think uh, Piazza could be very important in that regard. It'll be interesting to see how Tedesco uses these guys in combination with each other, but that's kind of an interesting angle in my opinion. Yeah. Um, it's curious, you know, with these loan deals, because sometimes these bigger clubs, you know, demand that you start their player uh, when they're on loan. Uh, hopefully this is not the case here because that could, that could be interesting with the dynamics of, you know, this team is so close knit right now, uh, the way they performed the first half of the season. And so if you, if you disrupt that by making it mandatory that, you know, this player, Marco, Marco Piazza starts and then I would disrupt, I think, disrupt things. Uh, so hopefully I don't think that's the case because I don't think that's, I mean, oh, I'm not going to talk about how this, uh, but, um, <laughs> hopefully, like I said, hopefully that's not the case and hopefully he can just come off the bench and come up with the help and get the occasional start because I think, I mean, Harit and, uh, Konoplyanka definitely should be starting over him based on just what they've done so far. Uh, they should get some credit for that. So that's how I feel about that, but. Uh, Piazza is definitely a huge signing for us um, from an offensive standpoint. So, yeah. Now let's talk to the big fish that we got that everybody's talking about shocking now. And it's not just because we finished the second place uh, first half of the season. Um, it's uh, the guy from Hoffenheim. Uh, it's Uth. Uh, he's, we got him on a free. That's something we usually lose players on a free. And we got a player, a big time right? player on Imagine a free. Imagine that. He's oh, one of how the tables have turned. He's probably one of the best German goal scorers right now in the Bundesliga. I think he's got nine the first half of the season. So um, we're talking about we needed that 20-goal score, and I think he is that caliber player. Uh, the fact that he ha- he didn't sign an extension with Hoffenheim and wanted to move on, and now he's with us starting next season. Um, I think uh, we finally got that guy to replace Huntelaar and all those goals. Yeah. Um, I mean, very excited about this. First of all, I feel bad for Hoffenheim because they've just been bleeding talent recently. Yeah. Um, last summer and now, yeah, obviously this upcoming summer with this move. Um, and then, you know, Sandro Wagner, uh, to Bayern recently. Um, so I, f- I feel for them a little bit, but yeah, I'm excited about this. I think, um, he might be a little bit overhyped. I mean, he's, he's a good player. I think he'll do a great job for us. Um, and could potentially be a, you know, one of those, you know, 20 goal scorer type guys that we talked about for, for, you know, an extended period of time for us. But, um, I mean, (laughs) his recent run of performances, I think is a little unsustainable. I think he's averaging a goal right now, every like 2.6 shot attempts, which is just insane. Um, so that kind of efficiency probably isn't going to continue, but regardless, um, I think the volume could be there. And, uh, this is a big pickup for us. This is a very big pickup for us. This it has been something that's been plaguing us for a couple seasons now is, 
you know, like we said, that that um, that man up top, you know, a, a big guy to uh, to kind of take over and really um, get the lion's share of our of our offensive uh, work up there. So uh, I'm excited about this. Yeah, it seems uh, Christian Heidel is really uh, showing the magic uh, and getting us these players, uh, you know, also a manager uh, that's helping this team progress in a way that we all want as fans to see in an attacking style, uh, something that doesn't give up too many goals. Yeah, no, uh, so finally Heidel is uh, – he's, he's, getting, he's getting the players and the, and the, type, of, the type of players and, and, and just, he's just doing the work, man. And, and we heard the stories about how good he was over at Mainz and now he's starting to do it here and we're trying to see uh, he has a vision and he's trying to get there. Uh, and the signing of Uth on a free, no less – uh, really is a, is a big catalyst for us. So I'm curious, you know, how the second half season goes, and and depending on how we finish, how the summer looks. Because will he will he be start wanting to spend if we are do if you do end up really well, or um, you know, because if we're in the Champions League or something like that, you're gonna need more yeah, players to come in. Some depth. You can't just sure. do with our yeah. You can't do with a certain level. Yeah. You know, so many teams they tried and they look at Hoffenheim. They struggle so much. Yeah. Uh, trying to play in different fronts. So. Um, I'll tell you what, though. In Heidel, we trust, man. I have been really impressed yeah. with the moves he's made. I don't think he's really had any misses so far. Obviously, the hire of Tedesco might be the biggest one of all. But um, I like what he's doing. Uh, and so when it comes to some of these players that I'm not as familiar with, you know, like like you know, like Cedric, for instance, I'm just going to give him the benefit of the doubt until he demonstrates to me that I shouldn't give him that. Um, he hasn't failed yet? Yeah. No, I mean, yeah, he's – I mean – Talk about a difference between him and Horst Howell. My goodness. Oh, um, my goodness. Yeah. So I've been I've been really pleased. Um, we just received a tweet here okay. <laughs> to the, from uh, my buddy Reed, who is I believe trolling us. He says, uh, "Need to see Weston McKenney up top spelled incorrectly. Rest of the team doesn't matter. Only way you win the Rook Renda is with him getting fed the ball every single possession." So I guess um, it's it's Farman and Goal and then McKinney. That's it. Apparently. Um, that could work. You wouldn't be able to guess that <laughs> Mr. Reed Stuby is from the United States with that take, but there you go. Um, <laughs> shout out to Reed. How you doing, man? Anyway, um, <laughs> yeah, I think Uth is probably a better uh, better option up top than Weston McKinney. Um, and we might be seeing Weston McKinney in center back, like we said. But yeah, Heidel, dude. Um, I'm loving it, honestly. A uh, good bit of winter business here for us. Obviously, Uth is not until the summer, but um, addressing some of the needs that I think we had. The only other one that I think we really need to address this winter would be um, some depth at the left back position, right? Um, right. For, I mean, I don't, I don't want to jinx anything, you know, knock on wood, hopefully uh, Ochipka doesn't get injured or anything, but this is a guy that at a minimum needs some rest, right? Um, yeah. Even if he doesn't get injured, we need to be able to rotate this guy in and out. Um, so hopefully we're able to uh, kind of reacquire the services of Baba Rahman, um, from Chelsea, yes. he's been making that comeback from injury. Um, I've been hearing things that we are in talks to bring him back. Apparently, as you, I think you mentioned this before, you know, he apparently still has his flat in, in Gelsenkirchen or wherever. Yeah, yeah. Um, so he's still um, situated potentially to make a return. That would be big for us. I think that is something I would not feel comfortable going into the Rook Render without. Um, I mean, if you were to ask me right now, what happens if um, Ochipka gets injured? Who plays back there? I don't know. I don't have an answer for that. Do you? No. I mean, I know on the right on the right side, if uh, Calgary goes down, you got you can put Sambuli in there. Um, on the left side, 
or I mean, even a guy like Sasha Ritter, which you would like to avoid as much as possible. But like, or Tino Kara, maybe I guess you could yeah. try that. But but I mean, it's not more of like a way. I don't know if you. I mean, Kara has the athleticism to pull that off, right? Um, for sure. But I don't know who you would. Yeah. That, that, anyway, that that's the point I'm trying to make. That's another thing. I, I think we've addressed a lot of of good stuff so far. Um, I would like to see Baba Ramon come back or somebody else kind of in that who could fit into that role. Um, be added to the team. You know, we've lost guys like you know Klasinich, uh Dennis Iogo, who I didn't mm-hmm. really rate anyway. But um, no, even Christian yeah. Fuchs a couple seasons ago, who I didn't oh, yeah. like, I'm a hot bag then either. But um, hey, he left us and went to win a Premier League title. Come on now, <laughs> yeah, I, can't, I can't blame him for that. But uh, yeah, we're thin there. We need to address that. That would be yes. if we could do that. I would be a hundred percent, hundred percent satisfied. So Heidel, if you're listening, get on it. All right. I heard I heard that ramen might be the ramen might be coming, and if he does, that would be because you know the last podcast we said that if Baba Robin did come, we probably wouldn't see Christian Tuk- uh, Cedric Tukert, but we already got Tukert. So if we get Baba Robin, then uh, that would be even better. Like I said, it would fill a void that we have, and it would it would uh, it bring a guy that we we are familiar with, and then we know that could just step right in whenever we needed him to uh, to, to to give uh, Ochipka some rest. So. Um, let's see. Let's see how the next few weeks plan out. We got until January thirty first, twenty one more days. Um, so hopefully we get some uh, more good news here from Heidel. All right. So let's do a little, before we get to the predictions. Do you want to take a quick look at all the the work? I mean, the Henrunda games, and uh, I guess get our reactions from each of those games. Each of them. That's quite undertaking. I don't know. We'll do it real quick. Um, we'll do it really quick. Let me try to. Pull what, what surprised you? What surprised you? What games stuck out of you? Obviously, RP Leipzig. Yeah, we talked about that a couple of times. That was something that I think really set the tone for the season. That was a um, sort of a surprise result. Not not necessarily a surprise result, but a surprise performance. How dominant of a performance that yeah, was. Yeah. Um, that was a big one for sure. Um, let me take a look here. Um, Hoffenheim, man. That was a game that I was looking forward yeah. to because it was that Tedesco Nagelsmann. Um, and the scoreline wasn't fair to us. Exactly, they scored yeah. a late goal. It was really one nothing yeah. until last minute. It was a late goal, but we had yeah, a number of chances we should have finished. Um, their first goal was just an unbelievable team goal. I can't. Yeah. I mean, it yeah. was just you tip your hat to them. The second one, we pulled our goalkeeper in stoppage time. Like it's not. Yeah, so that wasn't really reflective of of the overall performance. Um, that Leverkusen game, yes, was a good game. Um, a lot the of Bayern game was a disappointing game. I thought to that so that's the one time this season he got tactics completely wrong. Um, he looked like he was out of his element in, the, in that game. That, and that came, you know, that followed with the Hoffenheim loss. It, it, it was a little bit of shock to us because we started yeah. out so well. So I, mean, they, I mean, there you go. Against a team like Bayern, any sort of tactical mistake you make is going to be magnified significantly yes. because of the, the quality of player that Bayern has. So, um, yeah, I, I, I feel you on that. Um, the Dortmund game obviously was a, a, a game of a lifetime there. Yeah, you know the, the good result to get oh, a decent result against Gladbach was a good team and getting a draw with them. That was a crazy um, game with a lot of those VAR decisions and uh, you know own goal for yeah. us. Yeah, a lot, a lot of weird things happening in that one. That was an interesting one for sure. Um, the Hamburg game getting a win there, and also ones against Mainz. Um, so there were some good games in there. Um, overall, though, I think uh, if you had to grade it, grade it A through F. Uh, what would you give the the Henrund the score? Mm, I mean, A. I have to. Um, are, were we perfect? No. Are there things we can improve on? Absolutely. Um, did I think we would be in second place at the Winterpause at the beginning of the no. season? Absolutely not. Definitely not. 
Anyone who said that they did believe that is lies. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> horrible season for us last year. The worst season that I have seen from Schalke since yeah, I've been. It's the worst start in history. First five games, zero and five. Yeah, it was yeah. terrible. Um, and then you know, coming in with sort of a an unknown commodity in in, in Tedesco, what are we going to expect from him? So, um, with all of those questions kind of floating over the team and sort of the uncertainty to end up in second place, and you know, some of the results we've had is incredible and you honestly can't ask for anything more if you're asking for more you're greedy so i mean byron's in first place byron's gonna byron um so far shalka isn't shalka-ing which is good to see so yeah i give it an a how about you and we're ahead of dortmund that should be an a automatically yeah i don't i don't care if we're in 15th as long as dortmund's in 16th that's right there you go um so yeah if you look at it like we're we're not scoring that much especially at an open play um, late, lately, we've been getting, leaking a lot of goals, but we haven't been losing. We've been drawing. We're getting results no matter what. Yeah. Um, if we give up four goals, we score four goals. We give up two goals, we, we get two goals. We get three goals. Um, so if we've been getting results, you know, out of the blue, there's really been only one bad result really this season. Um, and that was something we, we, we knew was coming. So I got to give it an A2. I mean, <laughs> Just, just the fact that, like I said, we're, we're ahead of Dortmund and you get an A, but um, being in second place, I thought if we were being in the Europa League spot, we'd, you know, that'd be good. And we're, we're, you know, we're right behind Bayern. We're not, you know, we're eight points back or whatever, but yeah. we're, we're in second place. So what more do you want? Um, so I, I have to give it an A. All, all the way I'd give it an A plus as if Goretzka had played, you know, most of the season. Injuries really, you know, and that's not their fault. That's, it, it happens. Um, if we were healthy for the full, and scoring, scoring more, maybe I'd give an A plus or something. That's maybe that's being greedy, like you said. So yeah, um, it's an A. It's a, it can't be anything less than that. I don't think. Okay. Oh, so okay. So predictions for the second half. What are you hoping to see the second half? Um, first of all, I'd like to see Weston McKinney score a goal and hopefully yeah, a number soon. Of them. Hopefully I think, in January. Yeah, I think it's going to happen. And um, that's something I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing, his evolution, his continued evolution. Um, I'd like to see him get on the score sheet. Um, as we've mentioned a couple times now, on the, um, so far today, um, maybe that is going to be lessened by apparently some consideration of him at, you know, playing in, in defense. We'll have to see. Um, but that's something I'm looking forward to. Uh, something else, we have a very important stretch of games to start. Um, the recruiting here. Obviously, RB Leipzig, it's always a big game. You're going to be a good team. But the next three, um, I believe, I want to say it's like Hanover, Bremen, yes. and uh, Schick- Schickart, maybe? Uh, let's see. It is Hanover. Uh, hold on. Uh, I just had it. Okay. Uh, yeah, RB Leipzig, Hanover. Schickart, uh, Bremen. Yeah. Schickart, okay. Bremen. Yeah. yeah. So that middle three at between Leipzig and between Bayern. Those are three winnable games. Those are three teams that are 11th place or lower. You got 11th place, you got 14th, you got 16th. We need to come out of that with minimum, I think, seven points probably. Yes, I agree. Um, If we do that, then I think regardless of the results against Bayern and Leipzig, which are hopefully good results, but, you know, always more challenging. um, If we can win those three games or have, you know, a pretty good point total from those three, That'll put us in a good position for the second half of the, uh, the season overall to kind of maintain our European places. So um, crucial, I think, to get off to a hot start. That's something else I'm kind of keeping an eye out for. And then also, um, you know, just the integration of 
the new signings and the, the loan deals and um, the continued uh, kind of comeback of Mbolo and players like that, seeing what kind of fresh blood uh, we have in the second half and what what new faces step up and make a bigger impact. No, absolutely. Uh, and uh, how they start off with, against RB Leipzig and then go from there, those three games you're talking about, they're, they're very important. Um, because uh, we need to get some momentum too before going to Bayern. If we get, if we somehow go on a four-game win streak heading into Bayern, anything can happen in that game. Um, yeah. We may get a result out of that game, but uh, it's crucial. I mean, yes, the RB Leipzig game uh, could go either way, but those next three games are very winnable games, like you said. And I think I agree. We need a minimum of seven seven points out of those out of that nine-point stretch. Um, nine points is definitely doable. Um, I'm curious to see how. Teams react to Tedesco's second go around, not just how he does, but how they react against him. Yeah. Uh, do they do they find out what he does good and, and snuff it out, or or does he have a, a plan B? Um, I think he he's one of these laptop managers that has a plan B and C. Um, uh, we haven't yet we have yet to see it in, in most cases, uh, so I'm just curious to see how that goes. Um, I yeah I'm, I'm looking at that too. I'm trying to see if the guys you know if they have the momentum still after that after the winter break. So, something else we've talked about. Um, currently, there are seven points between second place and eleventh place. That's nothing, folks. Seven points between second and eleventh. Let that sink in for a minute. That is insane. We we are set up to have an absolute bloodbath of a competition for the European places. Um, here in the Rookrunda, Schalke. Yeah. You know, we're happy they're in second place. That is not by any stretch of the imagination, um, a locked up position for them. Anything can happen. Um, you know, people criticize the Bundesliga, you know, rightfully so to some extent for the lack of differentiation up at the top in terms of who's winning the titles. It's been Bayern consistently. And so people think it's not an exciting league as a result of that. This is going to be probably the most exciting race in Europe, um, for anything beyond the title. And it's definitely something you guys are going to watch, want to watch. Uh, I say. Yeah. I mean, like, uh, there's so many close games for Schalke. Despite them getting results, there's so many close games that could have gone either way. And it's, they're going to be big games. I mean, like you said, uh, it's going to be one of the closest seasons that you've seen almost anywhere. I mean, so, there's some things that are really, they're really crazy, crazy close. But, uh, as far as the top leagues go, this is as close as it's going to get. And the teams are going to be beating each other up left and right. And at the end of this, we may have Byron with a 20 point victory over everybody else, but, uh, who finishes from second to eleventh could change in a matter of weeks. I mean, if if Schalke go up and they win those first four games, or whatever, they could be way ahead of you know, way ahead of the pack going into Bayern. Or if they lose all four, they could be sitting in eleventh place at, going against Bayern. It, it could change that quickly. Yeah. Um. So you know, Schalke is going to sit, have to stay on their A game. You know, for the whole season, starting with the first game of the Rookerunda, and um, hopefully we either get the same results or better. Uh, in the second half, that's what I'm hoping for. Any player or anything you're uh, looking for, in particular? Uh, I'll say player that you're looking for in the second half to either keep doing or, or get better. Uh, I mean, I would have said DeSanto, but I think his playing time is going to be limited with some of the additions we've made in this window. Um, I mean, at least hopefully. I don't know why it wouldn't be. That'd be strange if we brought these people in and he's still getting. Uh, starts up top. Um, but yeah, like I said, I, I'm looking forward to getting, uh, seeing McKenny score a goal. Um, and, you know, potentially if we get the sense that this Goretzka move to Bayern or wherever is finalized, um, maybe there will be more of an incentive to play somebody like McKenny 
more often because he's going to be presumably um, replacing Goretzka in the side once Goretzka officially leaves. Obviously, Goretzka needs to be in the lineup um, whenever he's healthy because we're trying to you know qualify for the Champions League, and he's just a phenomenal player, phenomenal talent. But um, that'll be something to watch for sure. Yeah. It would be something, though, if he and uh, Meyer stay and we got Uth next year and what kind of team we could possibly put out there. But uh, Yeah, I hope Meyer stays, man. I really hope he – I mean, yeah, he's been yeah. so good this year so far, and he's a player that I just, you know. We'd love both to stay, but if if, if one of them had – if if, if Gretzka had to go, at least keep Meyer because he's doing so well in that new position there. So uh, he's he's helping that defense out and, and that transition from defense to attack. So Yeah, and I think he, he's a fan he, favorite to some extent. He's one of those – you know, he's one of those players that you've watched growing up, right? Yeah. You know, like, you know, from the first time he kind of gets into, you know, breaks into the first team as a teenager. And, you know, he's still so young. He's still got so many years ahead of him. And you feel like he's been around forever. So, um, he's, he's somebody I think a lot of people, at least me, I, I'm invested in him. I hope he stays and I hope, uh, his performances continue. Oh, yeah. That, that, it would be amazing if he, if he would stay and, uh, like I said, take ownership of this new position and, and go from there. All right. So let's go with, uh, what's your, End the season predictions for now. What do you, what do you, how do you see the season shipping, shipping out? I don't know, man. It's, it's, it's so Too up close. in the air. Um, I am going to. How about this? I'll make it easier on you. Okay. Do we finish above Dortmund? Yes. Oh, okay. Yes. Um, I'm going to say, yes, we finished ahead of Dortmund. <laughs> uh, I have to. I can't. I, it's blasphemy not to say that. Finish oh. Analdo head above. That's a bad joke. <laughs> Don't encourage me. <laughs> no, I I hope we can uh, replicate this the first half of the season. Um, I think we can finish in a Champions League spot. I'll, I'll leave it at that. I won't say. I'm hoping second, but I'll take a Champions League spot at this point. Yeah. So here's the way I'm looking at this. First of all, I think I've been conditioned by Schalke to expect the worst. Exactly. You know, hashtag Schalke's going to Schalke, that kind of thing. Um, so I feel like it's just right around the corner from all falling apart for whatever reason. It's a cynical Schalke fan in me. Um, but the other way to look at this is, I mean, do you think Schalke has played to their potential in the first half of the season? No. I don't think they have. And they're in second place. Especially offensively. Exactly. If so, they get that going. Yeah. So, I mean, there's a. it's not like we're just, you know, playing out of our skin and we're, you know, have exceeded our ceiling by any stretch of the imagination. I think there's still room to grow um, and room to improve. And, you know, obviously there's room for teams like Dortmund to improve who had a very disastrous second half of the, you know, the Hinrinda and, um, you know, Leipzig hasn't maybe been as good as they have recently, you know? Uh, so there's, you know, Hoffenheim took a step back. Um, so, you know, we're not the only ones, right. Who have maybe not been operating at on all cylinders, but that's gotta be promising, right? The fact that um, we think there's another gear for Schalke and they're already, in a very good position. So, um, yeah, I'm going to go ahead and say that we get back to the Champions League. That's my prediction. We're back where they belong. Absolutely. All right, so we're in agreement there. Um, anything else before we wrap this up? I think I think we're all good, man. I'm looking forward to the return. Looking forward to this Leipzig game this weekend. Yeah, no, I am too. Uh, it's going to be uh, interesting. It's over. It's it's home, isn't it? Mm, or is it? Or is it Leipzig? I thought it was Leipzig was the first game. I could be wrong. I want to say it's away. Okay. I can look it up right now. It's away. Is it? Okay. Yeah. Well, whatever. It's uh, get you have to get results home in a way, right? So whatever. So yeah. Let's let's get a good result and, and hopefully we're uh, the next pod will come in where we have uh, 
some cheering, some libations, maybe. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> for, for some for a sweep against uh, Leipzig. That would be good, huh? Yeah. Um, all right, so let's uh, we can wrap this up. Um, keep tuning in each week as we'll bring you the latest from the Royal Blues. We want to thank Schalke for uh, providing us tidbits for this podcast. Um, if there are anything you, any topics or anything you want us to discuss, send us a tweet at so4 underscore podcast on Twitter. Um, stay tuned to next week's episode where we'll recap hopefully a joyous game against RB Leipzig to be determined. Um, and you never know what's going to happen, Shock, every week, but uh, we're here to try to provide the best of it. Um, Jack, where can uh, our followers find you? J.M. Mangan, uh, M-A-N-G-A-N, on Twitter. I'm in a home address. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> um, very good. Yeah. Definitely give Jack a follow. Like I said, he uh, puts a lot of good tweets. He had, he had our spot, our top 11, our starting 11 right on the money because I, I think we had the majority of our choices were the same or similar. Um, you can find me at R underscore K-H-A-R-M-A-N. Until the next pod comes, my friends, stay ready, and we'll be with you soon. Peace.